You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hello, friends. We're continuing a series called Elements, and it's about the fruit of the Spirit. Last week, we kicked off the series talking about love and talked about how we're not talking about the periodic table of elements that we learned about in chemistry. There's actually a different group of elements that the Bible talks about, the fruits of the Spirit. That when we invite Jesus into our life, when we surrender our life to Him, that God's Spirit comes to dwell inside of us. And when His Spirit dwells inside of us, we begin to cultivate spiritual fruit. We begin to see the result of following after Jesus, not just living for our own will, our own desires, our own nature. Last week we found out that that leads to a lot of corruption and not a lot of good things. But when we begin to live the way that God asks us to live, when we begin to live a life empowered by His Spirit, we begin to see good fruit happen. We begin to see good fruit take place. Now, I'm a fan of fruit. I don't know about you, but I pretty much haven't met a fruit that I don't like, except maybe muskmelon. I mean, just in the name, it's just kind of down right there. Muskmelon? I'm just not a fan. Maybe that and cantaloupe. They're kind of related. But I like pretty much any other kind of fruit. And fruit is delicious. And you can do all kinds of amazing things to even up the game with fruit. You can put fruit in a pie. Come on, somebody. There's this fruit of the forest pie that I had from Janoski's Market. Oh, it's perfection. It's so good. Or even ice cream with fruit in it. Oh, it's so delicious. I'm all about fruit. I don't know about you, but it is summertime, and it seems like right now more than ever, the fruit is at its ripest. It's at its peak. There's just so many great selections and berries and things that you can have right now, and we see the goodness that comes from fruit, that it's delicious, that it actually has nutritional value, that God made something that actually tastes good and is good for you, because it seems like everything else, if it tastes good, it's probably pretty horrible for you. It's packed with calories and sugar and all kinds of terrible things, but Paul did something amazing when he wrote this, and he described these as fruits of the spirit because he lived in a place and he lived in the Mediterranean part of the world where there's probably all kinds of amazing fruits and foods to experience and he knew the goodness that came from them and the same thing is true in our lives when we begin to cultivate these fruits of the spirit and living the way that God wants us to live we begin to see all this good fruit in our own life this week we're continuing with the second fruit of the spirit joy. Now, I have to admit, when I was preparing this and, and studying this this week, I, I got the song stuck in my head from my childhood. And I don't know if you grew up in church, if you grew up going to Sunday school or, or VBS or whatever it was that you did as a child, but I, I did. I, I was in Sunday school. I was in VBS. We were in church all the time, and we always learned these songs. I almost feel like I've done a disservice to my children by them not learning these songs because all of these years later, 35 years later, these songs are stuck. They are engraved in my head. And there's this one about joy. And it goes, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And then we would say, where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. It was almost like a silly conversation of someone's like, where's the joy? Well, it's down in my heart. And I remember singing this song all the time to the point where I remember, now some of you are having flashbacks. You remember remember the song well, right? And you're singing it and it's going to be stuck in your head all week long. You're welcome. Maybe you don't know the song. 
check it out on YouTube. I'm sure you can find some really sweet version with puppets singing it. It'll change your life. So we've got the joy and we've got it down in our heart. We're going to talk about this fruit that we've got to cultivate. We've got to cultivate joy in our life. Sometimes it might not always come naturally. Sometimes joy might seem elusive. It might be difficult to find. And we see this here in Galatians 5, 23 is really the crux of what we've been talking about, this fruit that we've got to develop in our life. And it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. We were joking last week that it was a really great thing that Paul said there's no law against these things because in a civilized nation, there are laws against pretty much everything. There's laws that dictate what we can do and can't do, but there's no law against the fruit of the Spirit. We're not going to call the cops on someone because they've been too loving. There is no legislation that says, well, they've just been a little bit too kind. What's the punishment for that? There's no law against these fruit. They're a good thing in our life. Now, here's what's encouraging is that when the Spirit of God comes to dwell inside of us, we don't have to cultivate this fruit on our own. It's not something that we muster up or manufacture in our own strength. And if I just concentrate and I think hard enough, I just, I'll have this joy and I'll be happy and be able to overcome this grief. It's not what it's about at all. It's about the Spirit of God dwelling inside of us, gently nudging us, leading us, helping us to lay down our own desires, our own needs, the things that distract us and the things that really pull our attention away from the things that we have to be joyful. Matter of fact, here, this joy that it's talking about is the joy that pretty much you would think about what the world talks about. It's, it's joy that's, that's exciting when something's good, that, that feeling you good, that, that, you're, that you're happy, that you're enjoying something. This is the joy that the Bible is talking about. But see, something that happens with so many of these fruits, when we talk about joy, just like when we talked about love, see, joy can be fleeting if it's just simply the world's joy. The joy that the world has to offer is just simply based on circumstance. It's based on the physical realm. It's based on what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, what I'm seeing. We, we just simply allow the world and the circumstances and people around us to dictate if we're going to have joy or if we're not going to experience joy. And see, that's not what the Bible is trying to get us to understand. But joy is a choice that we can choose joy. Have you ever thought about it that way? That yeah, you have those moments where something's going good and it it can be easy to experience joy. You get a raise for your job, you have a baby, you get to buy a new house, you get a new car, something great happens, you meet Mr. Wonderful or or Mrs. Perfect, whatever it is, you, you have that joy, right? Oh man, and you experience it and you're happy, but what happens is this diminishing returns that the longer that you have something or something that you have, you begin to lose, it begins to lose its value, it begins to lose its worth. It's not quite as exciting as it was anymore. Matter of fact, there's a well-documented study that has shown this, that the longer you have something or experience something, the less you seem to get enjoyment from this. And they've even done this with money, because it seems like the more money you would have, the more joy that you would have. Now, the more stuff you might have, but what the study showed is that for a typical family, once they begin to earn about $75,000, they don't really get much more joy from the things that they're able to purchase in their life. And now that number moves a little bit based on the number of kids and that sort of thing, but it kind of landed on that. And that seems like, well, that's kind of crazy. Some of you are like, hey, I'd like to make 100K. I'll tell you how happy and joyful I could be. And you would be at first, but the study has shown it over and over and over again. That the things that can bring us temporary joy, they just simply don't last. 
Because honestly, it's the joy that the world has to give. So once again, we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say. And this fruit, this joy that God has given us, that He wants us to experience, that won't fade just because we've had too much of it. And that won't fade just because we're in a place where, man, I don't feel like I can be joyful. And see, maybe we got to understand, we've got to unpack something. I think this is really important, not only for joy, but for this series. It's in John 15. And this is a really powerful reminder of where fruit is truly developed from. It says this, starting in verse 4, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a pretty big statement, Jesus. That apart from you, I can't do anything. Now, the longer I live my life, the more I begin to see this is true. When I was younger, I'd been like, Jesus, I can do all kinds of stuff without you. Now I'm like, Jesus, I need you. I'm like trying to put my kids to bed. And it's like, Lord, I need you in this situation right now. And Jesus is just telling it as it is. You cannot hope to bear fruit. You're not going to experience these fruits of the Spirit unless we remain in Him. When we're connected to the branch, when we're connected to the tree, when we're connected to the vine, that's where we're going to experience the fruit. It continues in verse 10 of chapter 15. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. And I, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. And then in verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Man, what an incredible promise. See, it's not about conjuring up joy in ourselves. It's not just simply about enjoying all the earthly things and things that we can get and earn and deserve and all that different stuff. Yeah, you can get joy from that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But see, the important thing that Jesus is trying to teach us here is that true joy comes from being connected to Him. It's remaining connected. It's remaining invested. It's continuing to grow and to develop that relationship with Jesus. It's spending time with Him. See, really joy comes from a little bit of a perspective shift. See, and right now, I'm learning this more and more. That joy comes from what we truly decide to focus on. And friends, make no mistake, it is a choice what we decide to choose to focus on. See, maybe you're living life right now and you're listening this week and you're like, man, I almost want to just skip over the joy through the Spirit because life is tough, things are difficult, and I know there's a global pandemic and people are uncertain with their jobs and there's just, I, I hate being away from people and having to wear a mask and everything going on and it doesn't seem like there's a lot to be joyful for and even beyond all of that, even if everything else were, quote, normal, there's just, my life just doesn't seem like there's things to be joyful about. I have so much weight. I'm carrying all of this depression. I'm carrying all the weight and load from other people and it just seems like any effort to have any kind of joy is just simply stifled based on the circumstance and the situation that I'm going through. And friends, I want to say I hear you. I validate that in you. There may be a lot of things that you are going through. There may be a lot of true things that you have concern and weights that you're carrying that seem simply overwhelming at best. But I want us to understand and unpack this week that even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of trial, we can experience joy. 
Matter of fact, we see this in the life of someone in the Bible in the Old Testament by a guy named Job. That's kind of funny if you know about Job, you read him, or maybe when I was a child, I was reading through the Bible, I'm like, who's this Job guy? But it's actually Job. And Job had a pretty great life. Things were going really well for him. He had a big family. He was very wealthy. He owned a lot of land, a lot of cattle, a lot of things that were markers in that time that he was successful in that culture. Things were really going great. But then something happens in the first five chapters of Job, and we're not going to be able to read through all of it today, but I encourage you, maybe this week, to read through the book of Job, especially if you're going through something difficult. But as we read this, we begin to see Job loses it all. He loses everything. He loses his family. He loses his health. He's in physical pain way back in the day before there were pain meds. He's lost all his wealth, all his animals. And, and, and even worse than that, now his friends are less down on him saying, well, pretty much what did you do to make God mad? Why does God hate you? He's removed everything from you. But then something amazing happens. Even as Job has lost it all, we go all the way down to chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, then I would still have this consolidation, my joy and unrelenting pain. My joy and unrelenting pain that I had not denied the words of the Holy One. Wow. We can't really catch the depth of this until we truly go back and read everything that Job's been through. But can you imagine this statement after losing everything, after everything that he loved, everything that he held dear, all the promises of God, everything that he was living in, that he was enjoying life, that he probably had all kinds of joy from his family, from his things, from his health, everything else to have it all stripped away and that he would say that I have joy in my unrelenting pain. See, friends, I really truly believe that joy is about our perspective. Joy is about what we put our focus on. See, yeah, there are terrible things, and yeah, there are difficult things, and yeah, there are things that we've got to go through that are hard. Most of it's just called life, but we've got to understand that what we put our eyes on, when we are connected to Jesus, what is it saying? That is it just simply about the circumstance of what's going on in the world around me, or is my joy come from another place. See, I truly believe that joy comes from gratitude. Joy comes from giving thanks. Joy comes from when we give stock and we give count to the things that are actually going well in our life. When we have things that we have to be joyful about. You say, Brian, you don't know my story. You don't know my life. You don't know what's going on right now. But see, friends, even if everything was stripped away, even like Job, if you had lost and I had lost everything, God's love for me, God's love for you would be enough that we would have something to be joyful about. That God chose you, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that his heart breaks with you, that he is with you through those difficult moments and those difficult seasons, that he hasn't abandoned you, that if you've chose to walk away from him, if you're, you're angry with him, if you're disillusioned with God and your faith, that he is still in it with you. And that would be enough for us to find something to be joyful for. The most amazing thing that on the worst day ever for Job, on that worst day when he lost it all, when he lost his family, lost his health, when he, he lost all of his wealth and possessions, you know what he did in that moment? He shaved his head, he tore his clothes, and he fell to the ground and he worshipped. It's almost unthinkable. 
It's almost unthinkable to be in a moment where he, he lost it all. And the thing that he did in the moment is he decided to give God praise. See, joy comes from a shift in our perspective. It's not a joy that the world can give because if the world can give it, the world can take it away. It's not a joy that just simply comes from the circumstance or what we're going through in the moment. It's a joy that comes from truly being connected to Jesus. It's being, bearing that fruit by being connected to the vine. Our perspective has got to change. See, even this week I was feeling down and things have been difficult. Things are crazy and there's so much uncertainty we're welcoming a new baby in our family, and so there's all that stress and everything to get ready and be prepared for, and let alone bringing a child into the world during a global pandemic, and there's so much uncertainty, and then just really being frustrated that Treeline can't meet in person, and we're still just a young church, and feel like there's still so much more of, ahead of us to accomplish, and feeling like we lost momentum, and just feeling some frustration, and that's just being honest and transparent with you as a pastor, that, that I feel that, that I feel that tension, that frustration, and I almost like want to say, God, where are you? But there was this moment this week where I was driving to a lunch meeting on the other side of the city and I got to drive through the Fort Pitt Tunnel and as the tunnel opened up and I came across the Fort Pitt Bridge and I could see the city, I just had this moment where I had this perspective change and I was able to say, you know what, God? Thank you. Thank you that you called us to this city. Thank you, God, that you sent us here. God, I am so thankful that I live here and that you've called me to love these people and to serve this city and this region. It was like this little, just, just tiny perspective change. And I just felt this joy. I felt this joy that I hadn't felt in a while. And it was just such an amazing feeling that everything else going on, all the frustration, all the things that I have genuinely to be concerned about, just by having the smallest perspective change and feeling this joy. It was almost like drinking some caffeine. It's kind of hard to explain, but I just felt this joy in my heart. I felt this joy of just being thankful that God has still provided, that he's been here and just begin to think about all the ways that he has still showed up, that he is still beginning to provide for me. You know, I think about all the things and maybe like me, you could list out some things that you have that are weighing you down that it's not just simply about, man, I could just come in here today and talk about being joy and how we all have got to have this joy. But man, Brian, the weight and the things that I'm going through and the things that I carry. And it reminds me of when I was in college, there was a song, a worship song by Daryl Evans. And he talks about in this song about trading his sorrow, that he's trading his pain, that he's laying it all down for the joy of the Lord. It really comes from this verse in the Psalms and it's in Psalm 30 verse 5 and it says, weeping may last through the night, but his joy comes in the morning. Wow. That morning might last for a night. It might be temporary, but his joy is going to come for a morning. So you know what I did in my prayer time? In my prayer time that I had some alone time with God, I put on some worship music. And you know what I did? I just began to praise God and I just began to lay it all down at his feet. I just began to voice all of those frustrations, all of those anxieties, all of those worries, all of the cares, the seemingly insignificant ones, the ones that some people would be like, why is that even a thing? Why does that bother you? All the way to some really weighty, heavy things that I'm carrying right now. And as I just began to lay that, I just began to feel those burdens lift off of me and just begin to instead change my perspective of being focused simply on all the things that are going wrong and begin to put my focus on God and who he is and standing firm on his promises that he loves me and that he's for me 
and that he is in this with me and that he will never leave me or forsake me. And knowing that I was even crying out like, God, even though I'll go through difficult things and, and life may never get easy, that life is temporary and this is not my home. But someday I'm going to stand before you in heaven and it says that you will wipe every tear. There will be no more pain. There will be no more anguish. And that gives me something to be joyful about, even in the midst of a difficult situation. Even like Job, when he lost it all, that he chose to bring praise to God, that he chose to worship him. We even see this. Jesus display an incredible display of what joy is like. Because we think about what Jesus did, that he laid down his life. I mean, we think we have it difficult. God, God's plan for his life was literally to be put to death on a cross, to be whipped, to be shamed, to be beaten, to be crucified, to die an agonizing, brutal death. Imagine having that to look forward to. And so as he's going through that, I'll be like, hey, can we just talk about that fruit of the spirit, the joy that I'm supposed to have in my life? But something amazing happens when we read it in Hebrews 12. In verse 2, it says, For the joy set before him, set before Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. For the joy set before him. Friends, do you know what that joy that was set before Jesus that day? Do you know what joy that he found in the midst of an unimaginable situation going through such difficulty? Do you know what the joy that he clung onto that allowed him to get through that? The joy was you. The joy that was set before him was you. It was me. The opportunity that he had to know that, yes, I'm going to go through this. Yes, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. It's going to be agonizing. But the joy that I have, that I know the perspective change that I have is saying, knowing that there are going to be some people, there's going to be someone who's going to be able to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father because I'm willing to pay this price. See, friends, it's about the perspective that we have. And Jesus had to find a different perspective. The joy that he had was you. See, friends, what is the circumstance? What is the situation that you are going through? What is the pain? What is the grief? What is the anguish? What is the depression that you are facing and feeling? What is the perspective change that you've got to get to say that there is some joy that I can experience? Not through the circumstance. I'm not joyful because I'm going through this, but the joy that I have is because I'm connected to the Heavenly Father. Because of the love that He has for Jesus and now that Jesus has for me that I can experience this joy. Not a joy that the world gives. Matter of fact, the joy might not make any sense. Maybe the people who are looking from the outside, and this is the amazing thing about fruits of the Spirit, is that many times when this fruit of the Spirit is cultivated in us and we begin to display this in our life, it becomes incredibly attractive to those who are yet to follow after God. It's like that cartoon when they would bake the fresh apple pie. Remember it? Get that imagery and they would set it out in the window to cool and you would see the scent just start coming up after that pie and it would catch the nose of one of the cartoon characters and it would just lift them up off the ground and they would begin to float over the apple pie on that scent because it just smelled so delicious. It was so appetizing. It was irresistible they had to have it. The fruit of the Spirit is the same thing in our life as believers. 
that you may not have all the answers. You may not be able to get into a theological argument with someone. You may not be able to preach God to them and explain everything that the Bible has to say, but you may be able to develop and display some fruit in your life that will become irresistible. And they'll be like, I don't understand where this joy is coming from. I've seen your circumstance. I've seen your situation. I know you and what you're going through. How could you possibly have any joy in your life? And it's an opportunity to say this joy, it's not because of me. And yeah, what I'm going through, it's difficult and I don't want to go through this. Matter of fact, I don't like this. I wish God would just simply take it from me. But because of the perspective of who I have and who who God is and what he has done for me, it begins to cultivate joy in my life and it becomes irresistible to others. Friends, this is what the fruits of the Spirit are all about. That there will be a joy that we can experience. And we'll be like, where could this joy possibly come from? How could Job, after everything he's gone through, how could he fall on his face and worship God? How could Jesus know that he was going to go to the death on a cross, be betrayed by his followers? How, how could he possibly find joy in that moment? It was a change of perspective. And friends, maybe sometimes it's even what I talked about. It's that eternal perspective. Maybe it's even just in this life, it may not get better. Maybe it will. I don't know. I'm not God. But no matter what, we have that hope and faith knowing that God loves us, that he cares for us, and that we can experience joy even when it doesn't make sense. How do we get practical with this? What are some ways that we can put this into practice into our life, even starting today? See, the first thing I want to challenge you with is to be thankful and to make a list. Write it down. Get your phone app out. I've talked about this before. You got to make lists. Get a gratitude journal. Do whatever you've got to do to begin to change your perspective because if not, life can become so full of all of the distractions and our focus will so be on everything else that's going wrong that we lose sight of what is going right. What do you have to be thankful for? What is something that produces joy? Maybe it's like, I've got to back this train all the way up and say, I'm just thankful for the sunset. Look at this beautiful sky that God has painted. There's something that I can be joyful. Look at God in creation. Maybe you're thankful for a spouse or a loved one or a family member, a child, someone who's precious to you. Whatever, Whatever it is, what do you have to be thankful for? For the roof over your head, for the food on the table, for the job that you have to work. Whatever it is, begin to be show the things that you are thankful for. And begin to cultivate joy from those things. Begin to have a perspective change. And if nothing else, you know what you can write on that list? You like, Brian, I'm having a hard time coming up with one thing. Write this one down. God loves you. And he loves you more than anything. And Jesus gave his life so that you could experience God's love. That is something that we can be joyful about. The second thing is this. Bring your worries to Jesus. To begin to have the perspective change, begin to bring them to him. Just like I had that moment, I don't know what it looks like for you. For me, it's putting some worship music on and just praising him and just exalting him and bringing him glory and laying those things down. Maybe for you, it's just finding some quiet time. Maybe it's getting alone by yourself outside or just finding a room to just shut the door and just for a few moments, maybe it's with worship music or without, maybe it's meditating on some scripture and reading through some Psalms, but just find a moment to bring them to God. Here's what I want you to know. God can handle it. There is no worry, there is no weight, there's no stress, there's no depression. God's not going to be shocked. He's not going to be angry. He's not going to be like, how dare you bring that? God says, bring it to me. Lay it at his feet. He says to cast his cares on him because he cares for us. Friend, that that sorrow may last for the night, but his joy comes in the morning. Friends, begin to change 
your perspective. It's really what it comes down to. What is it that you're focused on? What is it that your joy comes from? Is it just based on the circumstances and situations going on in your life? Because if that's the case, joy probably won't last very long. But you gotta change your perspective and understand that fruit and joy, they only come from truly remaining and being connected to God. You gotta stay strong in that relationship with Him. You've gotta spend time in God's Word. You've got to read how God loves you and the plan that he has for you. You've got to spend time in prayer and, and just calling out to him and just having a relationship with him. Friend, this is where the joy is going to be cultivated in our life. That it might not come naturally, that it might not come easy, but I truly believe that if you begin to change that perspective, that God will begin to cultivate joy in your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you I thank you for a joy that you have given us that the world can't give. God, and I pray for every single person who is listening and watching today, who may be carrying something very heavy, very difficult, very real. God, and first and foremost, God, I pray that you would step in the midst of that situation. God, I pray that you would show up in a big way in their life, wherever they need it. Father, maybe it's financial, or maybe it's relational, or maybe it's a, a physical healing, or just needing favor in a situation, or an open door. God, I pray that you would show up. But God, I pray that beyond that, God, that our joy would not just be based in circumstances would not even be based in the prayers that you answer for us, but God, that we would find a joy by being connected to you. God, that we would begin to change our perspective. God, that we would list those things that we have that bring us joy, that we can be joyful about. God, that we would begin to change our perspective and not just be so focused on everything else that's going on in the world and even beyond anything else, knowing, God, that you love us, that you have a plan for us, and that, God, someday all the weights of this world will no longer be here. God, that we will be standing in your presence and you'll be wiping every tear. God, I thank you for the joy that only you can give. God, I pray that we as Christ followers would live our life in such a way that this fruit would be irresistible to others, that it would cause them to scratch their head and say, what is it that they've got? How can I get a piece of that pie? And God, it's simply through loving you and having relationship and staying connected to you. God, I thank you and I give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, friends, so much for connecting with us this week. We're so excited to continue this series over the next couple of weeks and talk about the fruit of the Spirit in our life. So amazing to see how God can begin to cultivate us in this life. I want to encourage you to stay connected, stay engaged. If there was anything we can do for you throughout the summer months, please don't hesitate to let us know. Please reach out. Send us a text. Send us a message. Give us a phone call. Shoot us an email. Whatever it takes. Please let us know how we can be loving you, how you can be supporting you. If there's any any needs that we can be helped meeting or coming alongside of you. We want to be the church and support you. Please, 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 even in the time of this social isolation, don't be isolated from the body of Christ. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.